Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumph and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives. In season two, we're highlighting Bentonville's thriving and growing mobility sector, where we're pushing boundaries and making history. Get ready to hear about everything from bikes to aerobatic planes to drones, air taxis, flying cars, and a whole lot more. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. And in season two, we're talking about Bentonville's leadership in the mobility industry. That's everything from bikes to autonomous vehicles, flying cars, and everything in between. And today, I'm thrilled to have in the studio Gary Vernon, uh, who really knows needs no introduction, but he's a uh, senior program officer at the uh, Walton Personal Philanthropy Group. And he's really a main reason for the explosion of trails here in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. And as a key person behind Oz Trails, Gary may be the best person around to tell us about what's happening here and about the most incredible and probably largest expansion of trails anywhere on the planet and what that has meant for the culture and the economy here in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. So Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks, James, for having me. Now let's ease into this ride. Uh, will you tell our audience whatever you want them to know about Gary Vernon and, and perhaps, you know, uh, What's your background? Uh, how did you get here to Northwest Arkansas, your passion for mountain biking? You know, I, I'm just a kid that grew up in Joplin, Missouri and was crazy about bicycles from an early age, raced BMX, used to come down here to Springdale, you know, in the early 80s and race. And uh, that grew into uh, just a passion. I actually helped build and maintain a, a BMX track in Joplin growing up. And, and, uh, and I ended up going to work at, at Walmart in high school, building bicycles. So that turned into a 30-year career that took me around the four states in management. Then I ended up, like most people do, after a few years uh, coming mm-hmm. to Bentonville to get a job at the home office. And that really turned into a great career. You know, um, the last 10 years at Walmart, I was a director in the environmental division and, and had a great, great career. But uh, that's what brought me here. My passion for mountain biking obviously just, you know, grew from my BMX background, a little bit of motocross and the mountain bike I've picked up in 1990 and been riding ever since. Very nice. Well, uh, so you're at uh, PPG, and I know a lot of folks around here, I hear this question all the time, so I've got to ask you, Mm -hmm. what is the difference between the Walton Family Foundation and Walton Personal Philanthropy Group? Well, I I work for Tom and Stuart Walton, and this this is their personal foundation. It's what they focus on versus the family foundation is is, uh, where all the family members, you know, do different projects in education, environment, and also the home region, which is Northwest Arkansas and part of the Delta. So, so I specifically work, uh, and you know, Fort Thomas Stewart for their specific focus points, which is outdoor recreation, mountain biking trails, aviation, and everything else. But I'm, I, I really kind of lead their their cycling and uh, trail development work and when and outdoor recreation. Great. What what is that? What's day to day look for like for you there? You know, it is every day is is uh, different and fun. And it's, you know, maybe speaking to uh, city leaders about trails around the state, around the region. It could be, uh, you know, working with a new uh, 
trail building company that we're recruiting here uh, to build some new feature. It may be riding a new trail. It may be, uh, you know, many things. could be out in the Buffalo River looking at a climbing project with, uh, with Dennis Nelms, who's leading our climbing work. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Man, I want a job where I can just ride. would be awesome. Let's get into trails. Will you talk about the trail system here in Bentonville and in Northwest Arkansas? Perhaps give us a history lesson. How did we go from where we were, perhaps with no trails, to the mountain biking capital of the world in really a short period? Well, Arkansas, you know, if you look at Arkansas, the state is, is just perfect for mountain bike trails. Rolling hills, the Ozark Mountains, bluffs, streams, you know, beautiful trees. And really, the, the story started back in the 80s with Devil's Den. Uh, Wally Sherry was a superintendent. Tim Scott was one of the rangers at the Devil's Den State Park. And they had a six-mile loop, Fossil Flats Trail, and they they allowed people to start riding their mountain bike on it. And um, that that is still a, a destination for mountain biking. And it just got, actually, there's a new trail that's been built there two years ago. But that was kind of the birthplace of mountain biking for Arkansas. In the 90s, um, there was a group out of Fayetteville, Ozark Off-Road Cyclists, that did a lot of trail development around the region. Uh, Dave Rinko, the first president, built trails in, in uh, Eureka Springs, wonderful trails that are still there. And uh, But if you, if you go back about 15 years, that's when Tom Walton really did something special in Bentonville and kind of brought urban mountain biking as a vision. You know, he mm-hmm. came in came back from, from school, from college, and wanted to get back to the community and, and built a five-mile trail system in, uh, on the north end of Bentonville. And that's where I met him. I met him when he was about mile one in his trail. And, uh, and it wasn't just a, a, a family foundation, you know, writing a check and, mm-hmm. and giving it to the city to do something. It was Tom and, and Stuart, you know, heavily involved in the day-to-day build out of that first you know, that first phase of mountain biking. So that helped grow an organic movement where uh, a bunch of us joined together to have a volunteer group called Friends at Slaughter Pin Trail at that time. Now it's Friends of Arkansas Single Track since nice. it's grown. And uh, we just, you know, got to uh, got to enjoy that first five miles, which turned into 12 miles, which, you know, Tom's vision was let's let's connect this to the downtown square. And that's where the that's the magic formula of Bentonville. You can you can park downtown, and during the trail development, there was you know downtown square development with restaurants mm-hmm. and and the nightlife, and uh, but really um, it really started making sense when neighborhoods were connected, and there was enough trail in Bentonville where it made sense for people to start traveling in, and all of a sudden we had a destination that Walmart looked at as a a recruiting tool. So that was the early years. That's cool. Uh, and yeah, man, I, I got to tell you, the number of people I know who say, I can just go out my back door and there's a trail or I'm a few hundred yards from a trail max is, um, I've lost count of the number of people, but uh, people who've moved here to mountain bike, people who just took up mountain biking because of that. It's really incredible. Um, where did the name Oz Trails come from? Can you tell me about that? Well, you know, we looked at um, about 2015, there was a lot of regional trail development and, and a lot of things were happening where um, we were becoming stronger as a region than we were just individual towns promoting mm-hmm. their trails. And it was, it was decided, well, let's brand the region as a mountain bike destination. So we brought in a, a marketing company. They spent a couple of weeks here, you know, flying around, mm-hmm. looking at different parts of the state, taking photos of our sunsets and riding our trails and went back, you know, back to their office and 
started sending us ideas. And of course, like any marketing project, there was a lot of bad ideas. But uh, the one that came through was was our Oz Trails because of the Ozark Mountains. And, you know, they had the the uh, logo, which was the sunset, uh, you know, in the shape of the state with the star representing the northwest corner. Mm-hmm. And that was the Oz Trails. And, and it really kind of took off. I mean, it when, whenever it was decided to use that, we weren't sure how it would go, but it it really has, has done well. And it's what's fun is now we're well known as the Oz Trails region. And it's it's a community region sense of pride that the, uh, you know, the enthusiasts will go out to other, like I'll go to Colorado if I wear an Oz Trails hat or jersey. The destination, you know, the folks in the destination recognize it and ask if I'm from the Bentonville area or, you know, Northwest Arkansas. And it's just fun to to be recognized as a as a destination. It's pretty neat. Uh, you mentioned sunsets, and I've noticed that even the sunsets have a little bit different color here. It seems like I've been in a lot of beautiful places, mm-hmm. and even that that sort of shade of pink, and that I don't know what to call it that that we get here. So I didn't realize for the longest time that's what was going on with the colors and the logo. But I appreciate that that's the. If you want to see that sunset, go to Mount Nebo. And that's one oh, of our yeah. state park trails, and uh, wonderful views of the River Valley, and you will see the Oz sunset at sunset point on Mount Nebo. It's beautiful. I need to do that. That's something I haven't done since I've uh, come back to Arkansas many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as a family, made trips to, to Mount Nebo. So so we have hundreds of miles of world-class mountain biking trails here. And you've talked about a couple of the, the aspects of what I'm asking here, but what's so special about them? Well, first of all, um, we have built the majority of them really in the last decade. So they're using the, the latest techniques, the, uh, the best trail builders. We recruit the best trail builders in the nation to come here. And we've even had some local companies pop up, Progressive Trail Design, mm-hmm. Rogue Trail pop up, and, and, and they have you know, progressed over the years. And if you bring in a lot of talent into one area to do anything, you know, trail building, they all learn from each other and push the sport. And, and uh, we've, we've allowed them, like in Bella Vista, the back 40 was a 40-mile trail build. In 2016, we had a tight timeline because we were going to host the World Summit, the International Mountain Bikes World Summit. So brought in really a total of seven different companies and they worked on the trail, you know, around that whole 40 mile network. And the trail builders would, at the end of the day, they'd go out and ride other builders trails and they would learn, well, they did a little better job than we did. So we're going to go back and make ours better. And that competition really ended up with a wonderful trail system. And so we quickly learned that let's let's make sure we keep the competition here and let them feed off each other. It's a friendly competition. There's yeah. there's a lot of work and uh, and we build an average of two miles a week year round. So plenty of work, but um, it's just allowing the trail builders who are artists let them come here. We know what we want as far as like part of my job is looking at it from ten thousand feet, knowing what kind of experience we want, and then letting the artists come out and help design you know, the, the result. And then we work together to, to uh, come up with, with the right pricing that, you know, for the right amount of trail and, and build memorable features that you just want to come ride. That's cool. Uh, you know, two miles of trails a week is, that seems like a lot. Uh, in a, in a past place I lived, I remember we built 30 miles of, we, not me, but, uh, the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the city and the community built like 30 miles of hard path and it took a couple of years and it was considered a big deal. So two miles of trail uh, a week seems just amazing to me. Well, hard surface trail is a lot harder to build quickly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, world-class single track, I mean, 
um, the definition of world-class is kind of subjective, but, uh, sure. you know, we just, you know, are using the best trail builders we, we find in the nation and having them try different things. And we allow them to push the envelope and try new things that nobody else has tried different surfaces. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, a natural stone surface or, you know, bringing in flat stones and, and paving a trail or even, you know, adding in a, a road surface type material to make a flow trail through the woods that you never have to maintain. So we get to do that. Yeah, that's cool. What's your favorite type of trail? You know, I love to jump. I grew up as a BMX kid, motocrosser, so I like to jump. I also like very technical trails. I'm a, I'm a trials, motorcycle trials rider. So I like to try to, you know, test my skills and balance. But I, I just, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of different variations, you know. Cool. Well, uh, sticking with favorites a moment. Um, here in the mountain biking capital of the world, what's your favorite trail and why? You know, I, that's that's like asking my favorite child. You know, I just uh-huh. I don't. I, I have several favorites. I mean, I, I love Hand Cut Hollow, which is our new trail on the northeast side of Bentonville. That's mainly hand cut, very narrow, very technical. You know, I like um, you know the Kohler Jump Trail, cease and desist. You know, rock mm-hmm. solid. Um, I think Fireline's one of the best you know beginner jump trails to, to teach somebody how to jump. So like all those, but um, the list goes on, you know, Bella Vista Huntley Lane that, you know, there's a, yeah. a couple of jump trails there that are fun. I can ride over there from my house and ride those. Oh, that's great. Well, Fireline might be a little more advanced for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit behind the, the jumping part of it. I'll come back to that in a moment. If you could pick just one trail, uh, in Northwest Arkansas to ride, what would it be? I, I can't, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> that's, that's an evil question. It couldn't, it couldn't bend you down. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. For somebody like me who's just getting started, uh, in your opinion, what's the most sort of fun trail where I can learn the most about myself and my bike and, and riding uh, in, the, in the region? Well, by design, the All-American that starts on, on near the Bentonville Square, mm-hmm. it's designed in a way where a beginner, you know, a child that's just learning how to ride off-road can ride it. But it's also got little sneaky side jumps and, mm-hmm. and fun flow where uh, a professional We'll come and have fun on it. So the All-American goes all the way through Slaughterpin, and it'll eventually end up in Bella Vista. We're kind of connecting it throughout the, you know, the uh, next couple of years. But that is a wonderful beginner trail, and it follows the valley. It parallels the paved trail. So if you ever get you know, tired of it, mm-hmm. you can just get back on the paved trail and ride back home. So uh, that is, by design, our, our beginner experience. And there's also in Bella Vista, there's two trail loops on the east and west side of Bella Vista. Tweety Bird on the west in, uh, that just runs along Little Sugar's trail system. And then uh, there's, a, there's a new trail on, at Rillington that's just got completed, that little loop, just, just south of the, of the golf course there at uh, Metfield. Awesome. I'll have to check those out. So I love how in Northwest Arkansas, about a great many things, we just think differently. We're open to thinking uh, differently. And, and one of them I recently noticed is we seem to be a lot friendlier to even e-bikes than a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Why are we so different here? Is that our DNA? What's happening here? You know, as far as e-bikes, I mean, uh, we, we look at e-bikes as being the future of mm-hmm. mountain biking. I am 40 years older than my son, and I plan on riding with him until I'm unable to ride which with an e-bike that extends it. I, I'm, I'm hoping I could live to be in my nineties and still trying to ride a bicycle and an e-bike would allow me to extend my quality of life on a bicycle. And, uh, you know, there's different levels of e-bikes and we, we allow class one e-bikes and those are the, 
pedal assist e-bikes that basically sign off at 20 miles an hour. They no longer assist pedaling. And in, in some ways, that's even slower than you would ride on a normal bike. If you're, if you're going to a jump trail, a lot of times you may be 25 mile an hour to hit a jump. But an e-bike is, it allows you to climb those steeper hills and, uh, and just gives you a little more range. You know, I think uh, Specialized is, it's, it's you only faster is Specialized Bikes little, little uh, logo on their e-bikes. But um, no, I, I think the future uh, of e-bikes as they get more, you know, smaller batteries, lighter bikes, uh, and motor on a mountain bike is going to be just like a dropper seat post or any other feature on a bike. You will have a lot of bikes with them. And uh, I, I think the rest of the country is going to start opening up and, and allowing them. I, I'm already seeing the movement now. Now, you know, even our state parks, our state has adopted e-bikes, allows them in all of our state park trails that we're partnering mm-hmm. with. And really any trail in Arkansas that, that Tom and Stuart are involved in with funding, we're going to allow e-bikes, uh, it's class one e-bikes. We think it's a, we think it's a good thing. That's great. I told my wife I would only own one bike and I'm, I already knew very quickly after that, that's not true. <laughs> and uh, perhaps an e-bike is going to be that, that second bike uh, when that time comes. There's nothing wrong with having a whole garage full of bikes. That's, that's right. Especially when my, son's start, my son starts to ride because I'm even older than you disclose. Well, he'll, he'll, <laughs> Versus he'll your need, son. He'll need, a, uh, he'll need a BMX bike, a dirt jumper, a full suspension mountain bike, an e-bike, a, uh, a road bike, a gravel bike. I mean, you know, just to kind of give you the list of some. Just, just a few. Excellent. Well, thinking about cycling companies that have either relocated or uh, made some sort of uh, presence here mm-hmm. in uh, a Bentonville, a few that come to mind, Rafa Strider, uh, Allied Cycle Works, um, and then they're Specialized, which has an experience center in Santa Cruz, California and Boulder, Colorado, and just recently announced their third mm-hmm. experience center here in uh, Bentonville, downtown, in the world's first bikeable building, Ledger. Yep. Um, why is this happening? Well, it makes sense. I mean, if you're in California, the high rent, the mm-hmm. the housing for your staff is is high, and and a lot of those there's a lot of bike industry that is in Southern California, you know, and uh, there are some great trails there, but there's there's it's kind of hard to get access to the trails from from work. Some of the you know some of the locations have a pretty good setup, but I mean a lot of them are you know are, are miles away from trail, and and you know to to be a one of the lower level staffers, you're, you're, you're commuting long distances because of housing prices. Well, why not have your headquarters on trail side and your staff where they can ride their bike on trail to work? And that's what we offer here. And, and the cost of living, of course, is much lower than you'd, you'd find in California and other, other areas around, you know, the, the West Coast. Sure. Well, I've spent a lot of time in California, lived in Colorado for a while. Um, each of those places, you're right. You can't just hop off work and go ride a trail. It's a, it's an event. You well, we have know, to get there. And we offer so many different varieties of trail and we're still building. We're going to continue to build for many years. So what a great place to come and do some research and development year round. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't uh, close for snow like, you know, a lot of your mountain locations would. So we're, we're a year round destination for mountain biking with, with a diverse, you know, set of, uh, trails. And, you know, one thing that we don't have in Bentonville is a, is a large, you know, hill to climb and, and then bomb down or, or even shuttle up or, 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 you know, the, the, the magic word lift. We don't have that here, but, you know, down in the Awachita mountain ranges, you know, we're looking at the state park 
just above Mina, you know, mm-hmm. with that could have fourteen hundred foot of uh, of elevation to to ride down. So that could be a uh, a World Cup downhill, a, a, an Enduro World Series downhill experience. It could be you know that year round bike park that you would find in Colorado or other mountain towns. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So you've given me a lot of marketing material or a lot of talking points now for as, as I'm uh, talking with companies. Um, is there anything else that leaders of cycling companies and just outdoor rec- companies in general should be thinking about uh, in terms of having a presence in Bentonville and taking advantage of what's happening here? Well, you know, Arkansas is a natural state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have wonderful, the Buffalo River. It's, you know, the first national river. What, what a great asset that is. And uh, the Kings River and all the other, you know, waterways and lakes, we've got them all over. So just the outdoor recreation, the camping, hiking, you know, the, the bike packing, um, you know, off-road motorcycling, which I love, yeah. and, uh, and other things. It's more than just trails. You know, it's outdoor recreation. So if you're in the outdoor industry, we, we want to we recruit all of the outdoor industry to come here, take a look, and uh, set up shop. Maybe, maybe it's first just maybe a, a satellite office and, you know, allow your staff to, to enjoy what we have to offer. And, uh, and see what happens. We'd like to see more of that. Yeah. I, you know, growing up, I spent a lot of time hunting and fishing and a lot of time on the Buffalo River. My dad grew up in Newton County. So we spent a lot of time in uh, mm-hmm. Newton County near the Buffalo River. And then I left for a long time uh, and, and came back home a couple of years ago. And I'm never leaving, period. But, you know, each time I came home, and especially as I got up into this part of the state, I kind of realized what I was missing. And then coming home and getting back and out and seeing these places, going down to Ponca, Still Creek and other places, just realizing just, goodness, what a beautiful state we have. I've been oh, all over this country and this place is just amazing. It really is. And, you know, it, it's, you know, Tom's initial vision of creating this urban mountain bike, you know, experience mm-hmm. has been a success. There's no doubt. And we're going to continue to build that out, but also it can be replicated. You know, we're talking about the outdoor industry coming here. Uh, and I mentioned Dennis Nelms. Dennis is a an, an avid climber who's been doing it his whole life. So we've got him working with us to kind of build out the climb Oz, you know, take the formula for mountain biking and and do it in, in the rock climbing world where, again, if you if you have urban areas, I mean, we've got bluffs in Bella Vista. We've got bluffs up and down the Northwest Arkansas region, you know, of uh, Springdale on the east side of Springdale, Fitzgerald Mountain mm-hmm. has wonderful climbing that he's kind of cleaned up and started, and then uh, Lake Lincoln and on and on and on. But the Buffalo River with those large bluff walls and all around the Jasper area, Jasper could be the climbing capital, you know. And so uh, that's kind of the future is different recreational projects that are, you know, based around urban. Maybe there's paddling in urban areas, yeah. you know. And so what we what we've seen, just like we've seen mountain biking. Where, where people who would not have otherwise bought a garage full of mountain bikes have bought them because they live in Bentonville or Bella Vista. I mean, Bentonville, Bella Vista together is over 160 miles of trail. So you are not far from a trail no matter where you are. So families are buying mountain bikes and making it a family activity. Why not, you know, climbing, paddling, uh, you know, hiking and so forth. Yeah, those do seem, uh, one of the folks I've gotten to know in the, the past few months uh, is uh, Pedro Som, uh, Somariba from uh, Lakaida Ropes. He's created a metered 
climbing rope. Mm. Uh, went through the Greenhouse Outdoor Recreation Program through the first cohort. Uh, but we've talked a lot about the 24 Hours of Horseshoe Hill, about the Jasper area. Mm-hmm. So starting to get to know a lot more about that scene. Uh, it really does sound like climbing is going to be a really big deal here. It's it's probably one of the better kept secrets. And it's the only place in the middle of the country that it seems like you can really do that. That's right. In addition to arguably the best network of trails in the world, um, will you talk about additional evidence uh, for companies that perhaps should have some sort of presence here that we really are building the workforce and the resources that they need to be successful? I mean, one that comes to mind immediately is the uh, the bicycle assembly uh, repair tech uh, program uh, that's, um, I guess, the first Bicycle Industry Employers Association accredited mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could you talk about uh, more about that and, and resources? And, yeah, certainly. And, such? And, and if you were to ask Tom or Stuart Walton, they'll tell you, you know, the past 10 years have the development's been very you know amazing, mm-hmm. but the next 10 years are going to be, you know, double time. I mean, it's, you haven't seen anything yet, basically. And part of that is what if Northwest Arkansas becomes the education hub for the cycling industry? You know, and that the first step was, uh, you know, the Northwest Arkansas Community College having the bike tech, you know, certification program where 35 to 40 students a semester will go through a, an intense program and learn to be a bicycle technician. And then they'll be guaranteed a minimum salary to go out in the world. And maybe that's at a bike shop. Maybe that's at a corporate chain of bike shops, or maybe that's even working for the industry. And that program, you'll see it expand to where maybe it's going to be, you know, more in depth for the industry where the industry comes here and they're going to get graduates, interns and so forth that are, that are going to be trained and ready to be effective in the outdoor recreation industry. Uh, we also look at, you know, the trail building trade school, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the same program type model where NWAC will teach, um, you know, maybe a high school student that's graduated wants to get into the trail building trade. Well, they'll teach them, you know, We'll do internships out on the trail. We've got plenty of work to be able to teach the trade on the ground, but also teach them how to run a business, you know. And then what I really want to see in the University of Arkansas, you know, would be the ideal partner. And they seem interested to be able to have a, a, you know, a graduate degree where you learn how to master plan a community. Because we have a lot of talented trail builders, but the limited amount of really talented master plan experience design individuals is, is limited. And as those individuals age out, we've got to be able to have somebody coming up because this is probably one of the bigger, if you, if you talk to any consultant in the, in the world, we're going into communities and, and master planning parks and other things. One of the number one asks now around the country is trails. So we need to be able to continue to design them with, with a quality individual. Very nice. Um, clearly something special is happening here. What is the economic impact of our trails, Oz trails. 2017, we did a, we did a study and uh, it really kind of shined a light on, you know, we, we saw it. We saw, it, you know, the different uh, vehicles coming in with license plate from around the country, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, this was in 2017. Since then, it's exponentially grown, you know, just anecdotally seeing the number of people on the trail. And, and I always do random surveys when I see somebody where you're from and right. normally they're from way far away, you know, and it's fun. But a lot of people are moving here because of the trails. Now, um, it is difficult to, to accurately measure, you know, everybody on the trails. We have trail counters around the region, and that captures every time somebody passes in front of the counter. We thought we had a, 
you know, uh, the, the ideal setup using phones, technology for phones, but it's a little more difficult than you would imagine to capture mm-hmm. somebody riding on the trail. But uh, we're working on that. But we're, uh, you know, if you looked at it, $27 million in 2017 was just tourism dollars that came into Benton and Washington County. $51 million total in, in business revenue from people getting out and riding mountain bikes or road cycles on paved trail. Um, you know, there's a big health benefit. You know, total the total impact was claimed $137 million for the year. Um, but I, I have seen year-over-year year numbers. Just to kind of give you an indication, we had six trail counters in Bentonville that captured 862,000 rides in 2019. And those were six well-placed counters. Some were on paved trails. Some were on our more popular single-track dirt trail. So 862,000 in 2019. In 2020, that those same six were 1.5 million. So it doubled, you know, with a, uh, a little bit of a pandemic that got everybody outside. So I've heard about that. The, the, the timing of all of this trail growth couldn't have been better to keep everybody around here sane, you know, and, and my son and his, his buddies, when they were released from school in March of 2020, they had the endless summer, you know, they would mm-hmm. do, uh, you know, I think he was in eighth grade and uh, would do his virtual school, get out about 10 a.m. and ride bikes till dark. And he didn't go back to school till September. So that was his most memorable summer, I'm sure, ever. <laughs> sure. You know, and uh, he was mentally healthy and physically healthy because of it. So we, we love the trails because of that. And, and there's something about trails for me, just riding home. If I want to ride home on my bike, you know, I'm at the Bella Vista. I can, I can do a nine-mile r- ride from work on single track within a block of my house, which is amazing. And um, I just get home and I just feel wonderful. And uh, I I think that benefit, we can't measure that. We really can't measure the mental benefit of being able to get active. And you don't have to ride a mountain bike on them. There's a hiking club in in Bella Vista. And I talked to, recently talked to the board of the hiking club. There's eight retirees that run that hiking club and they have well over a hundred members and they, they hike the mountain bike trails. And uh, we're just talking to them about what do they thought of the trails? And they love the, to talk to mountain bikers because they're from around the country and around the world. And they get to meet different people and interact with them. And, and it was really fun to hear that. But get out and hike them, run them, you know, bike them, just, you know, use them to get to your neighbors. You know, in Bella yeah. Vista, the roads are narrow, they're twisty, they're not really made to walk on, they're certainly not made to ride your bike on. So now we have connected neighborhoods in Bella Vista. There's about 110 miles out there now. And now it's, you know, my, for instance, I live near Tanner Creek and that's a little hiking trail that my wife loves to, to walk on. There's a waterfall there from Lake Windsor and, and just a beautiful walk. It's two miles. Well, it, she had to get in her car and drive three miles to get to Lake Windsor, but we live just near it. And now there's a mountain bike trail that you can walk from our neighborhood to the waterfall and to Tanner Creek connects it. It's all about connect, connecting neighborhoods. Now, that is so neat. It just took me back. Uh, hearing some of this took me back to my childhood, uh, to some of the nicer times I rem- remember is like being able to leave the house at 8 a.m. and come back at dark. Well, the good old days. Well, it turns out here in Bentonville, we can still do that. That's right. Um, you know, just getting out on your bike and just going. And uh, the you know, I remember we would take off through the woods behind the house to go to the next. We lived on the edge of town, sort of the next town mm-hmm. uh, to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just the way to go. You know, and, and what is so wonderful about Bella Vista and even even some areas of Bentonville, there was 
beautiful parts of Bella Vista that nobody would ever see. Mm-hmm. Caves and waterfalls that were hidden, you know, for the most part. And uh, we kind of like talk about how the trails have unlocked the hidden beauty of the region. Same thing with Fayetteville. You know, if, if you look at Mount Kessler, wonderful trail system that the Ozark off-road cyclist and Frank Sharp, who was a big community leader down there to, you know, to try to save Kessler Mountain because it was going to be developed. The bank owned the land and they, there was a developer that was going to buy the property and build some high-end housing or some sort of development there. And, and uh, that volunteer group with Frank Sharp kind of led the, the mission and, and got everybody excited about it. And the, the city bought the property with a kind of a cost share with the Walton Family Foundation. And now it's a beautiful park that everybody's proud of. And, and what really makes that fun to look back on is now that we're building a uh, campus trail on the University of Arkansas campus. That. And that's going to connect to Kessler, which connects to Centennial Mountain, which is a, a world-class, you know, World Cup mountain bike course and mm-hmm. cyclocross world championship course. And then so you can do a loop from, if you're in a dorm at the University of Arkansas, you can jump on a mountain bike, ride through the campus, go to Kessler, go to Centennial Park, and then back do a 30-mile loop, you can ride 50 miles of trail from your dorm where they're ever having to load your bike up. So we see that, you know, secretly our, our evil little plan is to get these, these kids that are coming to the University of Arkansas and keep them, keep them in the region, get them hooked on mountain biking. And then why would they ever leave if they're hooked on mountain biking? And, nice. uh, you know, keep them here and put them to work. So we're excited about, about all that. Yeah, that's a heck of a recruiting tool at a, at a university that's already bucking the trend. I mean, the last couple of years, University of Enrollments have started back down and the University of Arkansas just keeps chugging along another record uh, freshman enrollment. Uh, so, and, I, and, and what's funny about that is they posted on their university social media, they post pictures of the trail. We're talking about the trail and it has broken every social media record they've had, football or anything else they posted about. And this is the summer slow season. Mm-hmm. And so the mountain bike trail has broken all their social media numbers, you know, of, of views and likes and comments and everything else. So we're, we're pretty excited. That's awesome. Is that a, to the best of your knowledge, is that a first like university with mountain biking trails on it? Or do you know? I don't know of any, any division one campus with trails on it. Yeah. There may be some little colleges here and there that have a trail near them, maybe in Colorado. I don't know, but I have not heard of one, but uh, we're, we're, we're kind of looking around to see if there, see if it is the first, but there's certainly no Division One college, you know, universities that have a world class. This is not just a little scratched yeah, in single track. This is a world class experience. That's very cool. So, other than the obvious, the dramatic rise and sheer breadth of uh, of um, and amazingness of Oz trails, uh, how has Bentonville and our Northwest Arkansas region changed since you've been here? Well, obviously, the growth. I mean, people are moving in here, and we. It's, it's really neat to see, you know, new people that uh, say, hey, I just moved here, wanted to be here because of the trails. Mm-hmm. I can work remote now because that's changed. You know, we're in the last couple of years, wor- working remote has been a thing for many years, but the pandemic has changed that where people have figured out they can work remote. So I couldn't tell you how many people I've met in the last year that have moved here and they can remote in to work wherever and they just wanted to be near the trail. The sense of pride in the region you know, is, is definitely noticeable. Like I said, I mean, people will wear their Oz trails or, you know, Fayetteville or you name the city, they'll wear their, their shirts proudly when they go outside the region and, and brag about being from here. And uh, that's wonderful to see. And then just, you know, the uh, investment from 
obviously the Walton family, Thomas Tur- leading the way in Bentonville, really investing and in, in bringing in just wonderful experiences, the art museums, Alice's Crystal Bridges, that has kind of seeded this influx of investment. I think we're going to continue to see for for decades. But um, but what I really like about it is the vision that Thomas Drew have to protect this green space. You know, whenever there's a trail, you know, laid down to connect a community or even another community together, that green space is going to be there forever. And so as this turns into the Austin or whatever, you know, name the big city that grew fast, we're going to have this connected trail system that'll make us unique from any other sprawling metropolis. So another carrot for somebody wanting to relocate their business here. And we're going to, we're going to be green for a long time, forever. I love that. I've lived in some pretty big places and, you know, you're right. They grow up and there is no green space. And once that green space is gone, you can't put it back because right. something has taken its place. That's the parking lot or whatever. So why has all this happened? I mean, I guess you've talked a good bit about it. So if you want to add anything, what's our secret sauce beyond the ones that you've talked about so far? Well, you know, that community involvement, you know, and if you, if you look at Bentonville, the timing to have David Wright come and become our park director. Uh, mm-hmm. David, he got it early. Um, Kayleen Griffith, visit Bentonville. Oh, yes. Got it before anybody else did. When I was the, the uh, president of the local volunteer club fast, we would have these mountain bike events and we needed some money to have them. And she'd give us, you know, 500 to 2,500, you know, $2,500 is a lot of money. We thought, yeah. you know, back in 2010 and she would support our events. And, but she got it early. She would put in ads in the mountain bike magazines and promote our events and promote the trails. And, and as we grew, you know, really we knew that you needed to have more than 10 miles of trail to be a destination. So as, as the vision, you know, Tom and Sturt's vision grew when we got 12, 17, 20 miles, she really got behind it. And if you think about the region, you know, if somebody's outside the region, if they think about Arkansas mountain biking, the first term that comes to mind is Bentonville because of Kayleen's efforts, Yeah, you know, marketing. And, uh, that's, that was all her, you know, and David Wright allowed us to push the envelope. He got it. He understood it. Um, the Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve, it, it was built on private property. You know, 2015 is kind of when that project started. It was on private property so we can go a little bigger on some of our features, you know, like Drop the Hammer, which is an iconic, yes. large drop in. It was actually Woody from Progressive Trail Design's idea to build something that he saw in British Columbia, Whistler Bike Park. Let's, let's make something you can actually jump back over the riders that are going down the trail into a valley. I loved it, you know, and, and we put that in. And, and uh, we wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, in a city park. Right. But after we did it and made, it was built in a way that it was, you know, responsible and safe, even though it looked really big, that kind of broke the ice. And we started, you know, to be able to big, build bigger features. Now, if you look at some of the features around uh, Bentonville, the masterpiece, which is on the north end mm-hmm. of... Crystal Bridges Museum. It's on city property. You know, it's got a nice, nice little roll in and, and you can get some air. There's a big castle we're building on the I've north north end that. of yeah. Slaughter Pen that you'll you'll roll off a series of drawbridges and jump and land and go downhill and jump all the way down to the bottom of the hill. So what really has become a, a calling card is we have all these little hubs, just like the castle is a is a gathering spot where riders can meet there and then mm-hmm start their ride there or in in the ride there the hub at Kohler that's on the very highest point in the Kohler mountain bike reserve is a big 20 foot tall platform made of steel and wood and it's a destination point 
Um, we have the Kohler Cafe that Mark Bray has Airship Coffee in, and mm-hmm. you can you can ride all the trails and end up there for a beer or start there in the morning with a coffee. You know, all these things are, are special little you know moments that you can have on a bike. And there's more than that. I mean, this Tom calls it memorable moments. We try to add in little memorable moments on the trail. If you go up in the hills in Bella Vista, you'll find an old RV that's painted in Oz Trails colors that you can ride your bike through and go down a trail. There's there's waterfalls that are purposely have bridges near them or trails near them where you can ride up to the waterfall, places to get your photo taken. So we'll just continue that. There, you know, we have you know a dozen tunnels around Bentonville, Bella Vista that you can ride through. And Mike Ab, who does a lot of our art and and uh, you know visions types of features that destinations um, he's lit some of the tunnels and put art as you enter the tunnels and, and there'll be more of that so it's just a lot of fun it's just a collaboration of a lot of great people that that are passionate about adding to what's already here nice that's really cool tell me a story something that is a hashtag bentonville story or mama something that's demonstrates the uniqueness of this place or could even just only happen here well, I will tell you, you know, I love to be able to ride my bike any given evening. If it's right now, if it's a Tuesday or Thursday night, you'll ride out and see well over a hundred children, you know, ages 12 to 17 riding in formation with their coaches. There'll be a hundred plus kids, 50 plus adult volunteer coaches taking the kids out on the trail and teaching them how to ride mountain bikes because they're racing for their junior high or high school, the NICA program. And uh, that is something we dreamed about whenever the first few miles were built. How cool would it be to be able to grow our youth and, and have championship riders coming out here and we're already seeing them. And then some some days you'll go out on the trail. I, I've, I've rolled out on the trail many times and seen more women riding mountain bikes on the trail than, than males. And yeah. that's because of the Women of Oz. The Women of Oz is... is an organization that had 20 of our female cyclists in the region band together and create something very special. And this was a an organization that was going to focus on lowering the intimidation factor mm-hmm. of cycling. So they have monthly rides. There's a whole beginner's clinic, unlike anything I've ever seen, that's free for beginner riders. And then the different levels of riders go off and, and do their ride and they all meet for you know a, a social hour afterward. So the story of Bentonville is just everybody's welcome to ride, all ages, you know, all colors, and and we just want everybody to come here and feel welcomed. And it's people are so happy here because why wouldn't you be if you're an outdoor enthusiast and you're getting outside and and uh, just staying sane and and sometimes life gets crazy, but getting out on a trail just clears your mind because. If you're riding a mountain bike, you you can't think about anything else. You gotta, <laughs> That's right. You got to keep your your wheels going down the trail. That's nice. Um, where do you see Bentonville in the next few years to say next decade? Over the next decade, I see Bentonville continuing to you know invent mountain biking. You know, developing new con- techniques to build trail, build trail that's going to be sustainable. Sustainable is a big word in the trail building industry because weather and 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 use and all that can can wear on a trail and and raise the cost of maintaining it. That's that's one thing that you know we're always trying to solve is the maintenance conundrum. You know, a trail is like a child; you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta take care of it. And uh, 
So we see that again with the trail builders education, we see we lead the way in, in showing how to other communities how to build trail. That's a wonderful experience and, and last. Um, we see the industry coming here, like we talked about. We see this is the place that you come and get a job because the industry's here hiring. And if you're the industry, you come here because people are moving here because they want a job with, with your corporation and uh, life is good. We see world championship outdoor athletes coming from here because this is a place where you come and learn how to ride, how to climb, how to paddle. We, uh, we see, um, you know, with, with Alice's, you know, involvement in the medical world, this becomes a hot spot for that. We, uh, with Blue Crane and all the development that Blue Crane is doing for Tom and Stuart, you know, there's going to be just, I think we're going to see how you can have affordable homes here, you know, in a, in a big way around the region that are, that you can be proud of. Um, I just see what, what's happened again, what we've, what you've seen over the past 10 years, people are amazed by, but you haven't seen anything else like it. That's coming. It's neat. I feel like, uh, you know, it, it almost seems like Bittenville's Ford has been written and there's so much more to go. If somebody in our audience um, hasn't visited Bentonville and checked out Oz Trails, what's your pitch? How do you get them here? Tell, tell me, what, what do they, if they're listening or watching right now, what is it that you're going to say to them to get them here? Well, I, you know, we're pretty proud of what's happened here, but, but really it, it's what I hear from other visitors from around the world. I, I've been very fortunate. I've got to go to Switzerland and, and do a presentation at a Trail Belters conference that had developers from, you know, the best developers around Europe and around the world all in one place. And we, we showed what we've done here. You know, they were amazed since we brought several of them here. We, we hosted a international trail builders conference earlier this year and brought them here and to see their reaction when we took them around and showed them our trails really kind of, kind of hit home that we are doing something that nobody else is. Nobody's building at this pace, at this style. We have the most innovative trail builders building the most innovative experiences you would have on a bike. If, if you're a mountain bike enthusiast and you haven't come to Bentonville, then you got to get here. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. If you want to learn how to ride a mountain bike, you got to get here. If you want to improve your skills as a professional, come and see us. We've got it all. That's great. I mean, when the world is coming to see how you do it, then we really have become the mountain biking capital of the world. We, we, we are very self-critical, you know, and, sure. and, and Thomas Stewart and I and others talk internally about how can we get better? And we would not pat ourselves on the back and say, we're done. But it, it, it's interesting. Three years ago, I had a call from, from a gentleman named Lars Jensen from, from Norway. Mm-hmm. And he called me and said, hey, I'm, I'm Lars. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of leading the work in the country of Norway to build mountain bike trails because we want to do that in a big way. We've done our research and we want to bring an entourage to Bentonville because you guys are doing something nobody else is. And that's when I kind of perked up and said, okay, we're on to something. And so I've become friends with Lars and, you know, he went, he went to the conference in Switzerland that I spoke at and he's come here twice now, if not three times. And, uh, you know, he's doing some great work in Norway and we, we feel good about being some sort of influence on that. But I need to get over there and see what he's doing because I've seen some photos and it looks really fantastic. Excellent. Gary, uh, let's ease in the end of this ride. Uh, if somebody wants to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Well, I'll tell you, um, find me on the trail. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm out there. That's a good way. Um, what should I have asked you that I did not ask? You covered quite a bit. You know, I'm going through my, my mental notes here, and I think you've covered it quite well. But I, I think um, things that we've learned 
you know, over the years, if somebody really is listening to this podcast and wants to build trails in their community, you know, early on, we built for the riders, you know, the first five mile of trail were kind of an enthusiast trail. Wasn't, wasn't, you know, a, a black diamond. We rate trails just like ski slopes, green mm-hmm. as beginner to black diamond, double black diamond. They were kind of a blue and some of it was maybe black, you know, advanced. And we learned quickly that we need to build those beginner experiences that all American wasn't the first trail. Maybe it should have been because you got to kind of teach the, uh, the community how to ride if they're new. So if you're building trails in a community that doesn't have trails, really focus on that beginner experience. You know, don't make it bland, but make it where all riders can ride it. And, uh, and then also work on your intermediate to expert. You got to have all skill levels. And that's one thing we focus on when we build a trail system. Um, just like our, and we haven't really talked about state parks, but that's our monument trail brand. Mm-hmm. And we have several state parks that, um, have trails. We make sure we build a beginner network and all the other skill levels. And, and that's one thing we learn is, you know, if you build, trails in urban areas, people are going to ride, but they're not going to load up and go out in the middle of nowhere anymore in the middle of a forest and ride. So that's where we started partnering with Grady Spann, who was the park director. He's retired now, but uh, Grady Spann was the park director that started about the same time I started in, in my job or Thomas Stewart in 2015. And so we quickly partnered and started building trail in state parks. It made sense because there's cabins and camping and mm-hmm. restaurants and all that. So no reason to build out in the middle of nowhere when you can build either in a community or a state park with all the infrastructure. So uh, th- that's what we learned. You know, it's, you know, people do like to get out on occasion in the middle of a na- national forest, but and you can go to Bella Vista in the summertime and you feel like you're in a national forest. So why do that? So make sure that you have a, whenever you build a mile of trail, make sure you have a, a maintenance solution for that mile of trail. And, uh, you know, our great volunteers are definitely wonderful for supplementing, but if you're building in a city, the city's got to have staff and budget to make sure there's consistent maintenance and um, just solutions for that. But overall, that this has been a pretty thorough discussion on trails. Yeah, yeah that's a, th- those are uh, great learnings. Okay, last question. Assume you're in some bizarro world where bikes don't exist and everybody is still required to take up two sports, one individual and one team. What would your sports be? Well, motorcycling. If, if, you know, if that still counts, sure. my, my, uh, my secret love is equally motorcycles as bicycles. Uh, other than that, I would, I would do kayaking. I love kayaking. Um, team sports. I used to play a little basketball growing okay. up, you know, you know, at the right height. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. excellent. Well, Gary, thanks, uh, for spending time with me and with our audience. Uh, man, thank you for everything you're doing for our community. I, I, I honestly don't know how I can state how grateful I am for that uh, because as an economic developer, just from a purely selfish standpoint, I see uh, what's, what's happening here with the work you're doing, with the vision that Tom Stewart have had and, and that what's happening. So uh, really appreciate it. Um, thanks to the Bentonville Beacon audience. Uh, if you like what you heard today, uh, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and come back and visit us again uh, when we drop our next podcast uh, next week to hear more about Bentonville and its leaders and businesses and Northwest Arkansas and what's happening here in a place where you can get more of what you want, less of what you don't. And visit BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com to see all of our episodes as well as learn more. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.